I have loved this series, and uh, it's been so good. Who is Jesus? If you were here for week one, I'm just going to do a little recap. We talked about Jesus, who is the good shepherd. In Psalm 23, this week, by the way, starting today, is the final verse of Psalm 23, verse 6, is the verse that we are memorizing as a church. Uh, Week two, we talked about Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the what? The life. And no one can come to the Father except through Jesus. And last week, uh, we, I kind of felt a little uh, nudge to go a different direction than planned. And by the way, as a pastor, that's always the worst feeling on a Saturday when you have a message ready to preach and God's like, nope, not that one, you know. And so we, we kind of went, we called an audible and we talked about the fact that Jesus is our example and that uh, we can follow him in everything and he wants to lead us. And we talked specifically about how Jesus handles temptation. And he shows us the way today, everybody say today, is part four. And uh, I'm excited to speak a message. And this is it is Jesus is calling you. Jesus is calling you. Uh, For some of you, this may seem impossible to embrace because uh, maybe you're in the middle of a mess literally as we speak and you're saying, there's no way that God would call someone like myself. And Uh, Just like the song we just sang, Waymaker. Do y'all like that song? It's so good. Um, I just, man, I could, not me, I don't need to be singing it, but I could sing it all day long, okay? But he's a miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness that even when I don't see it, he's working, amen? Even when I don't feel it, he's working. He never stops. He never stops working. Even when we are asleep, he is still working on your behalf. And so, He doesn't stop pursuing us. So we know that he is the way, but it's a good reminder today. That's why we put that song in the set list that he's not just the way, he is the way maker when there is no way. Like in your life, when you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, I don't know if this is just me, but I hope this is for somebody else. Like when it doesn't seem like there is any way out of the situation, there's a way. Uh, When you're at the end of your own strength, I got a fun fact for you. You're at the beginning of his. When you're at the end of yourself, that you are at the beginning of a miracle in the making. I've learned in my life that God works way better in my weaknesses than my strengths. Because when I'm weak, he is what? Strong. And so if you're here and you got a weakness, you're in good company, okay? You're in good company this morning. I believe God is calling you to himself and he's calling you to something greater in your life. Uh, Question, have you ever been in a situation where if God didn't show up, you were going to be in big trouble? Okay. Some of y'all are like, yeah, fifth grade. Okay. Like, uh, maybe, maybe you were in a situation and you were begging the Lord to, to show up and provide a way. Maybe it was a situation where there was no way out. Like, like if, like, this isn't going to go well. This is how I feel every Sunday morning. It's like, God, I hope you show up. Okay. There's no way this is going to work out for good. A situation that seems hopeless and empty and broken and void. Like maybe it's a marriage that's at rock bottom. Maybe it is something you're believing for as a family and it doesn't seem like it's going to come to pass. Maybe it's a wayward child that is running from the things of God or you're at the end of yourself and you're at the end of your resources and you're at the end of belief. 
And it's like, if God doesn't show up and do something, I'm struggling to believe that he even exists. This is a real conversation many people have with the Lord. Maybe you've worked so hard, but you're coming up short. I've got good news for you this morning. Everything I just said is usually what someone says before they say, but God. And then God got involved in a miracle Happen. These phrases are the very phrases that are on the front side of a miracle. We, my family, the Tombolis, we call these situations impossible situations. And it's in the impossible situations that all things are actually possible because we have God in the mix of it. And so I don't know where you stand today, but, but I've learned that in my life, if I can press into the things of God, I think things are going to be all right. It may not look all right. It may not sound like it's going to be okay, but I know that God provides for his children. This is what old Webster Dictionary says. A miracle is a surprising event that is not explainable by natural or scientific law. And there is con- therefore is considered to be the work of a divine power. Do y'all know what the divine power is? His name is Jesus. We know where the miracles come from. So before we dive fully into Luke 5, which by the way, we're gonna have some fun today. Last, last week was a little intense um, and it was good, it was needed. But today we're, we're gonna have some fun unpacking Luke 5. But before we get to Luke 5, we have to embrace Luke 4. Before we see the miracle, we have to see what happens on the front end of it. Jesus had just gone through the wilderness. This is literally what we talked about last week. He was being tested and he was being tempted literally by Satan himself. There was some serious temptation. He fights with scripture and he says, as it is written, and he quotes the word of God against the devil and the devil ends up and flees from him. So he was tested, but right after he was tested, he was rejected. Luke 4, he's rejected, but do you know who rejected him? His own people, his own hometown. He goes back to Nazareth. He shows up on the scene, and it literally says in the Bible that they rejected him because of their unbelief. They just saw him as the carpenter's son. They didn't see him as the son of God. I want to tell you before we get into Luke 5 that if you just see Jesus as a good teacher— If you just see Jesus as the carpenter's son, you are limiting what he is capable of doing in your life. When you see him for who he is, who is Jesus, he's a lot of great things that we're going to talk about today. But I can tell you this, that he is calling you to something greater than yourself. So Jesus, he shows up in his hometown and they reject him. They push him out. Jesus had every intention of miracles in that town, but they did not see a miracle because of their un belief. I want you to write that down. Unbelief, circle it, draw an X through it, okay? Because we can't see and fully embrace Luke chapter 5 unless we learn from Luke chapter 4. These people didn't see the full authority and power of God because they rejected him. And in their eyes, they didn't see him as he actually was. What I have seen in the North American church Uh, very, very often in the last couple years is that people have pushed Jesus so far out of the institution of the church that there is no longer any power within the church. Not this church. I believe that all power can rest here if we allow for it to. I believe that God can show up not just on Sunday, but on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I got them right, okay? 
And then on Sunday, we celebrate all that God did during the week. In your homes, at a lunch table, at a coffee appointment, at your job. I believe that God wants to move in Fayetteville. I believe God wants to move in Northwest Arkansas. But do you know what it would be just the saddest thing to me is that if we push Jesus outside of the church because we have disbelief about who he actually is. And I see it happen so often. Their perception of Jesus prevented the power of Jesus. Can I ask a huge favor this morning, church? Is that okay? Can we be very mindful as we go into Luke 5 to not limit Jesus to our preconceived notions of what he's capable of doing? Can we be very careful to not have limiting beliefs and unbelief in religious thinking? What I've seen in the Bible Belt, we're at the buckle of the Bible Belt, if you didn't know that, is that a lot of people have created this box and they put Jesus in it and they said, don't get out of there. That's not the kind of person that I am, just so you know. I have full belief that God is who he says he is. I have full belief that God can do what God says that he can do. And so today, as we get ready to dive into Luke 5 in verse 1, let's have the understanding that God can do far greater things than we could ever ask, think, or what? Imagine. So Luke 5, this is what it says in verse 1. One day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him. Listening to the word of God, uh, I want you, if you've got a Bible or something, circle the word crowded, uh, write it down. I want to tell you what this word is. This word actually means the pressing in. It's the same word that's used when they talk about getting juice out of grapes, okay? So another way to say this is that Jesus was under a little bit of pressure, and his response, every time when Jesus was under pressure, you know what happened? Because when you, when you get squeezed, what's inside of you, what? It comes out of you. And for some of you, that's a really good thing. For some of you, hmm, not so much, okay? <laughs> Just traffic, you know, tells you a lot. When Jesus gets squeezed, the only thing you ever see come out of him is the fruit of the Spirit. And I think that's a great way to live our lives. So he gets pressed in and he actually just steps back to the water's edge and he begins to get into one of the boats. I think it's very interesting. These people were crowded around Jesus. He wasn't just sharing the word of God. He was sharing the words of himself because he is God. And so today, y'all are listening to a messed up, jacked up, sinful human being. It's me, by the way, okay? Spoiler alert. And I, like, I'm going to let you down. Hopefully not every day, you know, like, I'm, I'm going to make mistakes. Uh, there's going to be things that we learn from as a church. But can you imagine if Jesus was present and he was teaching the word? Like, I, I wouldn't be surfing on Facebook, okay? Like, I wouldn't be scrolling through Twitter. It may be more interesting than what I'm saying, okay? Like, I would be so locked in and fully engaged. I would be hanging on every word because this is the word of God coming from God himself. The son of God, he's talking to them. And it says in verse two that he saw at the water's edge, there were two boats. Everybody say two boats. He had a choice. He had a choice there. They were left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. And the reason they were washing up for the night was because they were done fishing. And how many of you want to know, they ain't caught no fish, okay? One of the worst feelings is when you have spent several hours doing something and you, you turn up empty-handed. Have you been there before? It's like, well, that was a big letdown. They were about to go home and, and get the Lunchable ready because they didn't have any fish to eat. 
Some of you, uh, you know, because Jesus rolls up on the scene. They're kind of finishing up for the night. Some of y'all, this is a word. If you hear anything I say today, hear this. Stop ordering food at places that close in two minutes, okay? Like, y'all know the feeling you show up and everybody's kind of packing up for the night and y'all roll in there and they are cussing you. I know they are, okay? Um, I'm kidding. But he he rolls up on the scene and something crazy happens. Verse 3, Jesus got into one of the boats, the one that belonged to Simon, and he asked him to put out a little bit from the shore. And then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. I, I love this right here, that... That Jesus shows us right here, he can use anything that he wants to in your life as a platform for himself. He can use any mistake. He can use anything in your life to to stand on top of and declare the good news of the gospel. And he just so happened to choose a broke down dude in his boat. He gets in the boat. But I just want to pause. We can't just, when I read scripture, I don't just read, like, I ask questions. I try to pause, and I'm like, y'all realize what happened? This is a complete stranger that walks up and just gets into Simon's boat and says, hey, put out a little bit from shore. If you think that's normal, after church, go do this to somebody's car, okay? (laughs) Walk up to their car. When they unlock it, open the door, okay? Sit in it. When they sit down in the passenger seat, say, hey, uh, put out a little bit deep, deeper, okay? We're going to go on the freeway, all right? Just see how, re- how they respond, right? This is a random guy, Jesus, who is in Simon's boat, and he says, put out a little bit deeper. In verse 4, he, he finished speaking, and he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. I, I always ask when I read this passage, why in the world did he pick Simon? Have y'all ever wondered that? Like the guys that Jesus picked, why in the world did he pick Simon? He could have chose anybody. I don't know if y'all remember this, but right at the beginning of this, God was doing miracles. He was leaving the town that he was at. He walks to the lake of Gennesaret. He's got a crowd of people following him. I, I can only imagine how many people were there. I, I want to I paint the picture really clearly so we don't miss this. There's a crowd of people that actually are there to hear the word of God. There's a crowd of people that are actually there that want to see the miracle working power of God. And then you got some broke down fishermen who were just there. They're mad. I'm sure Simon was probably over there cussing, cussing out his friend. We ain't caught no fish. This is is the worst night ever. And then Jesus rolls up on the scene and he gets in his boat. They get in his boat. He puts out into deep water. Don't, mi- don't miss this. Jesus chose a guy who wasn't even there to hear him teach. And so maybe you're here today and you ain't even here to hear me teach or hear anything about God. Did you know that you are a perfect candidate for God to use? If you got tricked into coming, if you're here because mama brought you, whatever the case may be, you are the perfect candidate for God to use. He just so happened to be there. I don't believe in coincidences. Does anybody, like, I don't, I believe that God has a plan and Jesus does all the, all the time, all through scripture in the New Testament, he chooses the least qualified and the most jacked up people. So when people introduce me to somebody and they're like, now Seth, he's got some, you know, like, and I'm like, sweet, you know, like, I love it. Because when God saves their life, it's going to be a miracle and testimony to everybody who meets them. What happened to you? Something's different about you. You used to be, but you no longer are. Who, what happened? Jesus got involved in my life, and he just so happened to get in my boat. 
I, I think that we can learn something from this passage. I could think of a lot of reasons why Simon was literally the least qualified. <laughs> he's impulsive, he's a know-it-all, he's short-fused, and he had a filthy mouth. This literally, it describes me, okay? I, my mouth has gotten better, all right? He's got, he didn't just cuss like a sailor, he was a sailor. He was the guy. That's, this is where the phrase came from, I'm convinced, okay? So why did he pick Simon? Maybe because Simon and his boat were available. Write it down, available. What could God do if you made yourself and your boat available? It's important to know that Jesus does not need a boat. Okay, let's just go here real quick. Jesus can kind of walk on water. I don't know if you read a little further into the, the, the gospel. He walks on water. Uh, he can kind of speak and part the water in the Old Testament. God's capable of doing that. He created the water. He created the tree that the wood came from that made the boat. He created the sand underneath the water. He, y'all, Jesus chose to use the boat. Do, y'all, are we tracking? Are, is everybody tracking with me? He chose to use Simon and his boat. You can't miss this today. God chooses who he uses. It is not an accident that you feel a tug on your life to be used by God. But my question for you today is what will you do with the call? Some of you, you have somebody you know that every time you call them, they don't answer. You know, that's me. I'm that guy. Okay, I always, if I don't have a say to my phone, I'm going to leave, see the message. You know, I'm going to try to get a text message. Y'all, Jesus is calling. I want you to be so quick to answer. I want you to be so quick to respond. There is a call from God that is on your life. You are not damaged goods. I don't care what anybody else has told you. You have not gone too far to be used by God. You are not damaged goods. You're not an accident. You're not what everybody told you that you were growing up. You are fully capable of being used in the kingdom if, if you're willing to be. Because he's just looking for an available person in an available boat. I, I started thinking, you know, your weaknesses and your strengths, like your, what would it look like today if you said, God, you can use anything in my life. You, this city would change. The region would change. Your family would change. The state would change. Y'all know what else would change? This church would change. I was dreaming with a, a man in our church uh, actually this week about the day that we uh, will put a sign on this building because we are at a different place. Because this place isn't gonna hold the people that God wants to bring to come to know him. This is what I dream about. When I close my eyes, it's what I see. I, I dream about the day that we, don't, we can't hold enough people in this building. So we have, to, we have to have another church and another church. And some of y'all are like, well, how are we gonna do it? You're gonna be used to do it too. Some of y'all will, will preach at the church, okay? Some of you definitely won't, all right? But... <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. One yes is all that God needs to do a miracle in your life. If Jesus can change the world with a man and a boat, what could he do with you? You have access to the entire world with the click of a button. I just want to encourage you today to be bold in saying yes. I've got a couple thoughts that I want to share. Write this down, number one. Let Jesus in your boat. <laughs> Let Jesus in your boat. Ask your neighbor, say, do you got a boat? I'm trying to go fishing today. We've all got a boat. In this um, story, 
The, the boat is an example. It's a representation of your life. Write it down. Boat equals life. The God of the universe wants to be in your boat. Now, for Simon, it's really important for us to realize that his boat was his livelihood. If his boat were to be stolen or lost or catch on fire or fill in the blank with whatever, he is left with nothing. It is it's everything to him. It's how he provides for his family. The boat that he had was his platform. And your life is a platform. Ultimately, God is wanting to use every area of your life. God doesn't want to be just a sliver of your Sunday. He wants to be in every component of your life so that more people could hear the good news of Jesus. And, and I love that Jesus chooses to use this boat to get his message out. Um, so step one, we get Jesus into the boat, but he still had to tell them where to go. He still had to tell them where to fish and where to follow. Simon had to make a decision to obey. Now, last night I got stuck up here. I was writing some of this and I started looking up, what does Simon's name mean? We know his name got changed to Peter. I know what Peter means, the rock. Simon, this is what Simon means. It is to hear and obey. We give Simon a bad rap for who he was, but did you know that he was named what he would actually do? That he would hear and then he would obey. And then Jesus calls him to something greater than himself and he becomes what? The rock, right? Not like the wrestler or, you know, not that guy, um, Dwayne Johnson. Um, he may have looked like, I don't know, but he, the rock. And he said, and on this rock, I will build my what? And we are a byproduct of him saying yes to Jesus. He has a name change and, and God is capable of changing everything in your life. I've always been fascinated with names in the Bible. If you wanna have fun reading scripture, look up the meaning of names and it will tell a story, okay? Some of y'all need to go home and look up the meaning of your names. Some of you may be disappointed. I got a weird, you know, man, I wish I had a better name. You know, ch just change it, okay? I'm kidding. I was laughing, I was actually laughing on my way here this morning, God reminded me of this really funny story, uh, me and Kendra, it has to do with this, I promise, this isn't a rabbit trail, um, and, and uh, I was, I, was I, I literally was laughing out loud in my car on the way here, y'all, one night, Kendra and I are laying in bed, and uh, we had a Google, like, Nest, anybody have one of those, it, it plays, like, you can talk to it, it's really creepy, the world, they're listening to everything, um, but you can get it to play music, you know, like, hey, Google. I was hoping someone had something. It'd be like, doo-doo, you know. <laughs> hey, Google, play, and, you know, whatever. So we would do, uh, like, play white noise because it would, you know, help us sleep and whatever. So <laughs> one night, me and Kendra are arguing, and this is, y'all don't judge me, but we were arguing who had the coolest name, okay? <laughs> and so uh, I was like, you know what? I'll just ask Google because we were, like, neck deep in this argument. So I said, hey, Google, what does Kendra mean? And it says water horse. And it was, it was a seahorse, and I was like, I looked at her like this, and y'all, I mean, I was laughing so hard, and she was like, okay, and she leans up in bed, and she's got like this little attitude, she's like, okay, hey, Google, what does Seth mean? And it said, the anointed one, <laughs> and I was like, told you, she rolled over and went to bed. <laughs> I was driving up this morning, I was like, it's just too funny not to share. Let me ask you this, when someone hears your name, what's the first thing they think of? What's the first thing they think of? Is it someone building something for themselves? Is it, is it pride? Is it ego? Is it, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Let, let me ask you this. Do your, do your coworkers know that you're a Christ follower? I'll go another level. Do your neighbors know 
that you're a Christ follower. Like, y'all, listen, I have met some of my neighbors that did not even know that we were pastors. Confession time. We were moving from Maumel. We're packing up the truck. One of the guys is like, where are y'all going? And I was like, oh, we're going to pastor a church of faith. He said, I didn't know you were a pastor. And I'm like, you know, like just kicking myself. Like, idiot, you know. Do your neighbors know that you're a Christ follower? Can your family see the fruit of God in your life? Let me ask this. If all of your prayers from this week were answered, would your world look different or the world look different? Well, when someone hears your name, what do they think of? When I read all of this at first, I was confused because I used to think that, that Jesus needed Simon's boat. But I had it backwards. I, I realized that Simon needed Jesus in his boat. He, he was worthless without, without Jesus in his boat. And he chooses to use him. The bones in Simon's body, the hairs on his head, the sand on the shore, the ground that they stood on, the nets that they were, everything in this passage was created by God. God could do whatever he wants to do, but we know this, that Jesus chose to use Simon. He chose to use him. It's great news for us today because some of us think we've gone way too far to be used by him. It says in verse five that Simon answered, and like I said, I'm sure he had a little bit of an attitude. Master, we have worked so hard all night and we haven't caught anything. This is the way I would hear him saying it. I bet Simon was like, hey, you stick to preaching and teaching and we'll do the fishing, okay? Like we're, we're professionals. And Jesus is like, yeah, let's just put out over there, cast the net over there, we're gonna sink your boat, you know? <laughs> and he, it's this miracle that happens. Simon said, but because you say so. Would y'all would y'all write that down? But because you say so. Let down the nets. I don't know about you, but I can tell you that if I want a certain kind of faith, it's the but because you say so faith. Like, like I don't necessarily trust everything. I, I don't know if this is exactly, but but because you say so. I'm a little scared, I'm a little timid, I'm afraid, but, but because you say so. Let, let me go into uh, old school days. I, I wanna go to the party, but I know it's not, be not best. God, because you say so. I wanna quit my job, but because you say so. I wanna get wasted tonight to take my mind off it. I wanna take this thing. I, I wanna get my mind off of it, but because you say so. I want to do what everybody else is doing, but God, because you say so. If this becomes a motto in your life, I think God could do some crazy stuff just with that. That I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to submit even when I don't agree. Did you know that's what submission to God is? It means that you say yes even when you don't agree. Submitting to his will and not your own. The second thing I wrote down is let Jesus steer your boat. You can let Jesus in, but a lot of people let him in and never let him drive. <laughs> and and y'all, you have to let him steer your boat. There is a big difference between letting Jesus in the boat and letting him steer the boat. There's a big difference about posting about Jesus and living for Jesus. Want to go deeper? There's a big difference in talking about Jesus than actually doing what he says. Don't be just hearers of the word, but what? Be doers of the word. Many people want Jesus to save them, but they don't want him to refine them. The, for the longest time, I wanted Jesus to save me from my sin, but I didn't want to turn from my sin. 
And that's literally what repentance is. It's the turning of sin. It reminds me of a great country song by a a famous theologian, Carrie Underwood. (laughs) If you know it, sing it with me. Jesus, take the wheel, okay? Jesus, take the wheel. Take it from my hands. Sing it with me, because I can't do this on my... Some of y'all are frowning. You need to remind your face. You're in a good mood. I'm letting go. So give me one more chance to save me from this road I'm on. Jesus. Okay. Y'all need to stop judging me, all right? (laughs) Some of y'all are like, boy, you need to stick to preaching. (laughs) Jesus, take the wheel. Y'all didn't know, but that song has a lot of truth in it. Because Jesus can be in your boat and you have never given him permission to drive. I know a lot of people that get saved and it's like Jesus is just a passenger. And I'm going to take him wherever I want to go. It's like a genie in a lamp. That's not the gospel. It's a full surrender and submission to Christ. Who is Jesus? He's calling you today to something greater than yourself. When you let Jesus drive, can I tell you that God's best is ahead for your life? Now, don't don't get me wrong. I'm not saying it's going to be peachy. I'm not saying it's going to be perfect. The Bible actually promises as a Christ follower, when you say yes to Jesus, that hard times are promised to come. But did you know that hard times seem a lot easier when Jesus is in your boat? (laughs) Hard times seem a lot easier when Jesus is driving the boat. Man, I don't know about you, but I've had a lot of hard times when I was driving the boat. And I was driving my own life. It was whatever I wanted to do, whatever would give me the biggest high. Verse 6 says, when, when they did this, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. Y'all, listen, when Jesus starts to steer your boat, your biggest problem goes from a lack of fish to broken nets. Because he will unlock blessing on your life that could never happen without you saying yes to him. But don't miss this. Jesus actually asked for these men to leave the very fish they caught. Because he's always going to have you step away from something to pursue him. When Jesus is driving, and I've realized in my short walk, my short faith journey, when Jesus is steering your boat, he will always lead you to helping other people. I meet some Christians sometimes, and they are sour and mean. And I'm just like, you're supposed to be an example Why would someone look at your life and say, I want to live like that? You frown, you're mad at everybody. Jesus was life-giving. And would you shake your neighbor real quick and say, it's about to get good? Okay, like it's about to get good. Verse 7, it says, so they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled up both of the boats so full that they began to sink. You know, when God does a miracle in your life, Let me put it this way, when God saves your life, which by the way, is a miracle. When the Lord rescues you from sin and hell, when God redirects your life, all the things we've been talking about, you wanna know the best response to tell everybody you know. Y'all know the song, you could tell everybody that he's the man, he's the man, he's the man. Lots of singing today. I've noticed in church, there's two types of people. There's two types of groups of people. There's a crowd and there's a crew. There's a crowd and there's a crew. This is what I've learned. The crowd is consumers. 
And I'm going to be a little bit direct here. The crew are contributors. They carry and they pull the weight. They're, they're active in their faith. They're not just hearers of the word, but they're doers of the word. And they are ready to build the kingdom of God the way that he says to build it. It's not about serve me, serve me, serve me. It's about I'll give my life away and I'll pick up my cross and follow Jesus. That's what a crew member looks like. There's a crowd and there's a crew. The crowd gets the message, but the crew gets the miracle. The crowd, why has this happened? Because the crew is close to Jesus. The crowd gets a, a feeling, an emotional, spiritual high, and they leave it here on Sunday and they pick it up next Sunday. The crew, this is what happens is they get a revelation from Jesus because I don't know if you know this, but his word is alive, it is active, and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. It reads you just as much as you read it. Give it a shot, it'll change your life. You can build every part of your life on the word of God. The crew gets a revelation from Jesus. They obey his word and they unlock blessing, favor, and all of those things for their life. I wanna be a part of the crew. The crowd talks about Jesus, the crew walks with Jesus. The crowd talks the talk and the crew says, God, you can use anything and everything in my life and I will walk the walk that you've called me to. What does it look like to say yes to Jesus? Y'all, the crowd, it takes the word in. The crew says, I am gonna get the word out. Let me tell you, I don't wanna be the only one preaching at this church. I don't wanna be the only one sharing the gospel. What I, I cannot wait for the day that y'all are sharing the word more than I am. Some of you are already doing this. I, can't, I get text messages during the week. I'm looking at the laughing houses. I get texts from them, their life group, their group's so fired up. I've, I may just cancel church, we all go to their house, you know? Like, I get so excited God is moving in so many of your lives. Would you be a part of the crew? Don't be a part of the crowd and just show up and try to get out of here before somebody knows your name. Let's get connected. Let's dive deep into the things of God. And I love this, that the crowd can become the crew with a very simple step. The Bible's clear, repent and to turn to Jesus and to commit your life to something. Verse eight, when Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and he said, go away from me for I'm a sinful man. He and all his companions were astonished and, and y'all Simon falls down on his knees in front of all of his friends. This makes a huge impact. Y'all, this is the thing, Simon didn't have a clear picture of who Jesus was. Because he says, go away from me because I'm a sinful man. But did you know a lot of people view Jesus this way still today? I can't come to church. I'm too messed up. I'm too messed up to be used from God. Jesus, you have to get away. I'm a sinful person. Y'all, Simon needed to come to the Who is Jesus series. Okay, like this is what it says. He's the good shepherd. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Luke 19 says that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. For God so loved the world, he sent his only son to take on flesh, to live a life and die the death that we deserved. The gospel. When we pick up our cross and we follow Jesus, when we start reaching out, he's always going to steer us to helping other people. It's the thing that gives me life. Verse nine says, then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for what? People. You're gonna fish for people. I, 
This is the call of God on your life. I was talking with one of our uh, staff members. Her name is Leah. Um, we, we just hired her to do a lot of our communications and administrative stuff, and she is the bomb. If you get to meet her, um, she is amazing. She's here somewhere this Sunday. Um, but I was asking our staff, I was like, do y'all have any extra wisdom for this message? Andrew didn't have anything. Um, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> he actually really did share something, um, but it's for another week. Um, Leah said this. This is what she said. She said, I read this passage and I realized that Jesus, his immediate response was grace and purpose. His immediate response, it was not condemnation and shame. It was grace and purpose. He forgave and then he called Simon to something greater than himself. I was like, girl, you need to preach today. The last thing I wrote down, write this down. Number three, leave your boat and follow him. Leave your boat. Well, Seth, what a, we just talked about my boat. I let Jesus into my boat. I let him steer my boat. Your boat is a representation of your life and the gospel. This is what it is, picking up your cross and leaving your old boat, leaving your old life behind and saying yes to whatever's ahead for you. This is the picture of the gospel. Simon is modeling something beautiful for us. You, you gotta be willing to leave the catch for the call. Leave the good for the greater good. Leave your comfort for the call. For some of you, God is, is leading you to step out of what you are currently doing. Let me say it this way, your career. Well, what am I gonna do? I don't know, I'm not God. God is calling some of you to transition into another workplace. I can't tell you what to do, I'm not God. God is asking some of you, give your marriage a shot again. He'll breathe life into it. You'll never miss the fish that you used to catch when you say yes to Jesus. You'll never miss the, the taste of the sin and the life that you used to live when you say yes to Jesus. In the days that you do, just like last week when temptation comes knocking on the door, you know how to slam that door in Jesus' name with the word of God. If you would, would you stand to your feet across the room? I wanna share one more thought and then we're gonna pray. It says this in verse 11. Ooh, this gets me fired up. It says, so they pulled their boats up on the shore and what did they do? They left everything and followed him. They left those fish. They left their fishing devices. They, it says they, because Simon's decision impacted every one of his friends. Some of you, God is asking you to step out in faith and do something that seems crazy. And I believe that God is gonna bless your life. I wanna say this last thought. The, the Lake of Gennesaret is the Sea of Galilee. And this was actually the lowest place geographically, like elevation wise, it was the lowest place that they could be. And uh, I think it's like 60% of Jesus' miracles happened around this lake. And I think this is a beautiful picture because Jesus from the very beginning was choosing the lowest places to do the biggest work. The lowest, have you, did you know in your life that Jesus chose the lowest place to do the biggest work? You, the place that you were the most broken, the place that you, you, there's no way. But with my God, there is a way. For me, I was in my, my sophomore year of college and um, I, was, I was messed up. I just blew my shoulder out playing baseball. It's everything I ever knew. Who am I? I didn't know who I was. All I knew my whole life was I just played baseball. I was gonna major in lunch and and PE, like that's literally what I was gonna do, just hopefully coach baseball one day. 
I blew, I blew my shoulder out and, and man, I got addicted to pain meds and, and I just, I was in a really bad place. And the girl that I, actually, that I dated all through high school, um, she got in a car accident and died. And uh, uh, I remember getting a phone call from her mom and she said, Brittany has been in a car accident. And, uh, and while I was on the phone with her, she found out that her daughter had passed away. And uh, I was at the lowest place I could be. I'm sorry that I'm getting emotional, you guys. I was at the lowest place I could be. And it's the lowest places of our life that God calls us. And this is my first opportunity to speak in front of people. Y'all wanna know where it was at that funeral? Her parents said, we want you to speak on our behalf. And I was like, do y'all have any clue what I'm doing with my life? You know, I think I was intoxicated when they called me. And I show up to this funeral, I'm looking in the faces of people I lied to, stole from, slept with, de- deceived and misled and the teachers and coaches and family. And, and there's an open casket and I was standing at a gigantic wooden pulpit, way bigger than this thing. And I felt the Holy Spirit speak to me for the first time. He said, you're gonna do this for the rest of your life. And I was like, funerals? You know, like, (laughs) y'all aren't supposed to laugh. (laughs) And what he was saying is there's gonna be people that have no hope. There's gonna be people who are completely dead on the inside. And and if you would just say yes, you could breathe life into them. That's what God's called me to do. What has he called you to do? What would happen with your yes and your obedience that you would hear the word and that you would become a doer of the word, that you would let Jesus into your boat and he could steer your boat. But if he asked you to, that you would be willing to leave that boat and follow him. Can I pray for y'all? God, we thank you so much for your grace. I, I feel your presence here today. And there's people in this room that have big decisions to make. And I believe in faith that you are wanting them to step out and do something crazy. And so with every head bowed, eyes closed, if you are in this room and you know that God is calling you to something far beyond what you could ever ask, think, or imagine, and you're navigating what that is with no one looking around, if that's you, would you lift your hand up? You're not gonna be alone, my hand's up. This, I told God I'll do anything and everything but the very thing I'm doing right now. <laughs> God's got a sense of humor. I'm gonna pray for you. God, we thank you for your word. I pray, Lord, that believers in Jesus would rise up, that we would always be a church that sends out, that we equip people, that we equip the saints for the work of service. God, that you would move in power and strength in this place, that we would be known for the way that we love you and the way we love others. God, I pray for every person that lifted their hand and I pray that you would move in their life, give them clarity and help them have the faith to step out today in Jesus' name.